0: Welcome to the Online Course Masters Show, where we learn from the best online course creators how to better create and sell our very own courses. I'm your host, Phil Ebener, and today I'm doing something I haven't done before. I'm interviewing a couple, Joelle and Natalie Rivera, who are absolutely crushing it online with their own courses, making people's lives better. We're going to chat about their entire journey, and in particular, how to create courses with a partner. That's all coming right up. Visit onlinecoursemasters.com for show notes to watch the video version of this episode and see an archive of all our past guests. Please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. The one thing you can do for me is leave a review for the show, which helps us expand to an even larger audience. Thanks, and let's get straight to the interview. Hey, Joelle and Natalie, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to have you two here. It's my first interview of a couple and two people who are working together. And I actually hope to learn a little bit about how you work together so well through this interview. You guys teach uh, a lot of great topics, and I think it's going to be a great inspiration for our listeners. So, welcome to the show, and for people who don't know anything about you. Can you give us a little bit more information about your background and what you were doing before teaching online courses?
1: Well, before we do that, I just want to say thank you for having us here. It's truly an honor. Um, like I said, we've been following your podcast and everything you've been doing. So it's, uh, you give a lot of great tools for people looking to get into the sphere and uh, truly transforming their life because, you know, infopreneuring and, and being able to put products out has truly transform our lives. So it's awesome to see. Uh, give those tools to other people to be able to do this well. So,
2: And, and we appreciate the opportunity to tell our story uh, because we hope that people understanding that it's not impossible, it's not hard, and that even in difficult situations, that online course publishing is something that can open up doors. So we're
1: just happy to be here. So a little bit about our background. Um, I have a background in social services. I have a degree. Do- Master's in psychology and then went for my Ph.D. I used to be a, a psychology professor for a little bit. I also um, entrepreneur my course. So I've had many different businesses throughout that process of going to school and from importing things to photography company and all these different things. But uh, for the most part, I, my background psychology and developing programs for organizations and um, also like workshops and conferences and speaking and things like that. So, um,
2: I also come from a social service background. Um, Also marketing, so I kind of had both, which the marketing, of course, pays forward well into this career because I'm a graphic designer, so I got to get a heads up there. Um, What I did before we started working together, well, that's a whole other story, Um, (laughs) and I opened a nonprofit teen coaching center. So I worked with teenagers and their parents, and I loved the coaching process but I decided that I really wanted to work with people who wanted to transform rather than people who you were trying to convince them to change because they were in the juvenile justice system. And and so that was a big shift for me. And um, I went into coaching and that's around when Joelle and I started working together. And then from there, we we had a coaching programs that we developed. We started, you know, about what, it was seven years ago. So coaching still pretty new, you know, into the. webinars and the teleseminars and and learning that process and one of the things that happened was that we decided we wanted to reach more people so we understood that you know working one-on-one there's limits there and so we loved writing Uh, we both are content creators so we started a magazine found that by having a magazine then you're reaching thousands of people every month who are reading what you're writing Um, and it continued to evolve from there and we you know, took the magazine Digital in 2014, which was that first kind of true online business experience that really was what planted the seeds for becoming entrepreneurs. And, um, of course, we were also doing in-person events. That was another way of reaching more people. So we did a lot of workshops and conferences. We started actually doing uh, larger events where we'd bring in multiple speakers and we hosted festivals. And so we've got our pause in a lot of other things. Um, at one point, we had a holistic center where different practitioners would rent office space Um, so we've dabbled in a lot of things and experimented to find what we really really love and what it came down to is we're content creators we're constantly writing and learning and then finding new ways of interpreting what we learned to be able to translate it to people in a different way that succinctly puts together different teachings Um, and so when we first found out about online courses that really um, was a big trigger for us to transform what we we're
1: working on. And I just want to add something real quick, if I can, mm-hmm. uh, just to give a little background for people, because some people say, well, you had all this going on already and things like that. But when we first started our business, um, I stopped teaching and I turned down uh, to for tenure, which means that you would teach full time and you, know, you can't get fired at that point or whatever. But uh, I stepped away from that and she stepped away from a job at the time, we wanted to figure out what we wanted to do when we grew up. So we went to Puerto Rico for a couple months, did a lot of beach time, kind of folding. We came back, got two job offers, staying in an extended stay motel at the time. And, you know, most people would say, yeah, I'm going to take that offer and go for it, you know, instead of just, like, not knowing what you're going to do. Yeah, when you're basically unemployed and homeless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you
2: know, but it was we, tempting, but we but, knew but, we had to do something different.
1: Yeah, at the time, we realized that, you know, this was our opportunity to really embrace entrepreneurship and take the cliff dive. So we went to a laughter yoga session, and someone said, wouldn't it be great to have like a spiritual uh, personal development magazine in this area? And we both looked at each other, and we're like, yeah, that's our calling. Let's do that. So um, six weeks later, we had already uh, published the magazine. We had about 7,000 copies out. We have reached 600 businesses in the first month, uh, and this was just like going with the flow of things, saying this is what we want to do. It's a matter of numbers. Let's reach as many people as possible and make it work, and uh, that's kind of what we did. So, you know, talk about cliff diving. In an industry, we have no background in, so.
0: Yeah, and for people who, I actually just watched your, a video on your YouTube channel that talks about your whole backstory I'll link to it in the show notes because if people want to hear even more backstory about uh, your past you know before you even got into all of this it's pretty inspirational so I'll I'll link to that too Uh, so that's that's I mean yeah it sounds like you guys are doing a lot and it's amazing how you can balance doing all of it and on top of it you're you know you got into online courses and it seems like you've dived right into it and you've got a ton of courses online already you've got them on different platforms going on so was Udemy the first place you found online courses or what was how did you get into online courses and um how successful was that in the beginning
1: well initially what happened was that we had a friend I used to a lot of conferences and workshops with and he had a course on Udemy a couple courses and he contacted me from Puerto Rico um He's actually from here, but he was on vacation. He's like, I'm having a couple margaritas on the beach, and I'm on Udemy, and I'm clicking refresh, and I'm getting all these sales. You really need to start making online courses. And this was in 2014, was it? Yeah, I think so. And um, at that time, we were so busy with the magazine, and we had a holistic center that we were creating and stuff like that. Uh, So we were like, yeah, that sounds good. So we created a, a couple courses, put them on Udemy. And we got so distracted, we just kind of stopped doing it.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was bringing in a few hundred dollars a month pretty consistently, but after that initial few months of creating some courses, we never went. You know, we never went full bore. We didn't put everything into it because, again, we at that point I think we had like five different businesses, so yeah. it wasn't a priority at the time. But it did, you know, continue to pay us month after month for. Uh, the next couple of years until different things happened that kind of kicked us into here. air. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I think it's a great example of two. So you have a whole business and online courses are just a part of it. It's not, and I don't even know if it's your, your biggest source of income now, but I'm assuming you have multiple streams of income with your live speaking, your magazine, everything that you're doing. So I think it's, You're a good example for people listening that it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, you don't have to do just online courses. It's almost better to have something else as well. So you're not depending on it to be your sole source of of income. So I want to kind of back up though, because you, you guys are life coaches. You teach people how to live uh, sort of their best life throughout your website, all your materials and you have a lot of courses, but I'm wondering, I like to just ask people about their expertises on this, this show. So is there anything that kind of, um, runs through all of your courses that you can share with people to help them live a better life, no matter what they're doing, if they're thinking about getting into online teaching, if they have a bunch of online courses or, or even if they're not into into that.
2: Um, It's become more and more clear to us over the last few years as we've been creating these online courses what that core message is. And the reason I say that is because um, what we did was we took everything that we used to teach in our workshops, in our speeches, in our life coach training programs, and in our writing, and we converted that material into a nice neat package that became an online course and so being able to to go through all that material over about a year's worth of time and you know digest it over again it we've become more and more clear like who our niche market is what we're really doing here and even though we have a wide variety of topics i mean we work with individuals coaches and businesses um, we found that it's really about empowerment and our biggest message i'll say first is that You have a choice. That is really what we want people to know. You have a choice because you have the power to learn how your own mind works and how your mind then impacts the way that you act and you behave, what you do with your life, the choices you make. Uh, We want people to know that they can create their own destiny and that even if they're not trying to, they're creating it one way or another. Um, So really empowerment is what we do. A lot of people get us confused with motivational speakers. And the difference is that with motivation is something you feel really inspired in the moment, but then it fades away once you're no longer being triggered Um, and and needing to depend on feeling motivated to get stuff done is not going to be there for you when you need it. And so empowerment is different. Empowerment is Is understanding yourself. And so it doesn't matter whether you're a business person or an individual or a coach, you really have to know the way your own mind works, the way, what your quirks are, how to control your emotions, how to, you know, push yourself beyond those breaking points. And then also, you don't want to be recreating the wheel. You want to know how do you learn from success? Where do you find you know, the answers to your questions? How do you learn how to do things? And a lot of what we do is we translate for people. We say, okay, this is what people are doing that's successful, and this is how you can duplicate it, Um, so that you don't have to go out and put in dozens of hours of research like we have. Um, Here you go. But the main message underneath every single course is that you're in control, and the way that you take that control back is to make
1: a choice. And part of it is that for example, when we look at psychology, we talk a lot about like the activating system, which is a part of your brain that's very goal orientated. So you might be in a situation where you forget someone's name or name of a song or whatever it is. You're taking a shower and all of a sudden it comes to you because your unconscious is still thinking about that. So how can you use then your brain as a tool to get you to where you want to be? You know, so if you focus enough on things, your mind is constantly going to look for answers to that, even if you're not consciously thinking about it. And for example, one of the things that we talk about choice is that a lot of people say, I just don't have the time. I don't I'm working full time. I don't have the time. But we're reading like on stats on social media in the United States and people spend an average of three hours a day on social media. So that's, you know, people 10 minutes here or 10 minutes there, for example, you know, you have a break at work. You spend 15 minutes checking your Facebook or Twitter. And if people see how much it adds up to be. It actually adds up to be more than someone in middle school going to school for a full year it adds up to almost the same hours as you working a full-time job for seven months and people don't think it's possible but when you really look at that you know what could you do in seven months what could you do if you know you send your kids to school you expect them to have something to show for it but so a lot of times when we sit down with people and we show them okay let's see how you're allocating your time that those 10, 15 minutes, you can be watching a course, for example, mm-hmm. and be learning something. On your way to work, it takes you 20 minutes. That's 40 minutes you can be learning a skill or learning about your mind and how it works, learning how to uh, influence your emotions or whatever it may be that's going to help you kind of move forward. So you
2: know, A lot yeah. of people ask us, how do we do it? And that <laughs> of all of the answers to that question, one of the biggest ones is we do not squander our time. We use those little moments for something that doesn't mean you have to be productive, but it means you have to be choosing what you're focusing on. And so that's really another thing, choice. What are you choosing to do with those free moments? And for us, it's almost always either inspiring ourselves or learning or being beach bums. or being being creative. Um, But a lot of it's learning and that's a big part of it. We're constantly learning.
0: I love I love all of that. And I actually just watched one of your videos. You talked about the 10 minutes a day. If you just spend that 10 minutes, it it does add up to a lot of time over a month or over a year. And with social media in particular, even I find myself falling into that trap. And about a few months ago, I was thinking, okay, I'm going to I took French in high school, but I was I was losing it. I was like, okay, I'm going to just spend like 10 minutes every day learning French. And for a while I was doing that. I was using the Duolingo app to refresh my memory. But now it's like, man, every time I like get up, I'm like pulling my phone out for Facebook or Instagram or whatever. But, but I think that is, you know, just for being productive. People ask me and I'm sure people ask you too, seeing how much stuff you put out. Like, how can you be so productive? It's almost like, just if we yeah got rid of our distractions and spent all that time doing you know little things it's not that we're like doing a ton more work it's just that we're not spending as much time wasting it on a, on other things that aren't as productive so well, love- it was like we have
2: not had cable in 7 years mm-hmm. and that has been probably the best decision that we made in our entire lives and some people just they cannot possibly imagine living without
1: it but they also can't imagine living the life we live so there you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, at the same time, for example, when I look at what, how you travel and you do all these other things, you know that you enjoy life. So when you allocate your time, you know you work hard to when you're focusing on your things. But I'm pretty sure that when you play, you play. Yeah. So, so other people kind of spend their time and almost play, but they can never embrace truly playing because they never embrace truly focusing on the things that are going to open up the opportunities for them to really play hard. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So another question I have is about you working together, which I think is very inspiring and awesome that you guys can work together so well. Um, So I'm going to ask you how you you do it so well and how specifically with your business, how do you divide up tasks? Because there's probably listeners who might be a couple or might just have someone that they want to work with, whether it's their partner or not, but it's hard. And for me specifically, I've tried to work with my wife on a course before and it just it just wasn't happening, so um, <laughs> I, I we're very good together at most things, but when it came to like trying to put together a course, we just thought we were each of us thought we were right about things and it just didn't end up working so so what <laughs> advice do you have for working for people working together
1: Well, one thing I would say is knowing your partner's strengths and weaknesses and knowing your own strengths and weaknesses first of all, uh, because obviously we we're very different in a lot of ways. For example, I'm more of the uh, big thinker. I have these like wild ideas and stuff like that. And now he's a lot more grounded where she's like, okay, that's a great idea. This is, we have to organize this. So this is step one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And initially, when we started getting uh, working together, It would be like, no, no, because I want, you know, and it's like, and she's like, no, no, we need to organize and stuff. So he'd scare me (laughs) because I would like to cliff die. As we learn to work more with each other, we learn how to embrace a lot of those things. And it really works out because we've learned that some things that she's passionate about, for example, I love researching. So I'll spend a bunch of time like hyper focus on researching for content and stuff like that. And she loves like organizing, making it pretty, putting it together and stuff like that. So it's like, again, it's just learning what our strengths are and working with those and kind of feeding off each other and then also helping each other grow. So it's never about who's right or who's wrong is how can we incorporate that? Because people want to, if she can say something and I can say the same thing in a different way and people resonate with it because it's said differently for people who are very left brain and need like structure, like she's perfect people who are right brain. You know, they're perfect for me because they they're like, oh, yeah, he's speaking my language. So it's kind of embracing the differences when, you know, we've we've worked
2: with other people before in a variety of our different businesses. At one point, uh, we had a business where we were two of five business partners and uh, it was a little bit crazy because the dynamics between people um, can make it really challenging to work together at a really deep level, what you have to do to produce a course. And so it's recognizing, like you said, that everybody has something different that they're good at and being okay with saying one person isn't even going to touch that part of the process. It's all you, you can own that part Mm -hmm. and that's okay. So it's like, it doesn't have to be shared equally or evenly um, as long as it feels like it's balanced. And I think that that's a big thing. And then also recognizing um, that not everybody can work together. Like we're unusual. We, we both, before we even met each other, always wanted to be in a relationship where we had the same passion, where we could work together. Whereas most people don't think they would want that. And so it wouldn't work for everybody that's in a relationship to be able to work together. Um, but I think a lot of people, it can be good for your relationship because, um, you have to learn, the other person more you have to understand them and you know when they're in that work mode when not to interrupt them and uh when's the best time where you can both be creative and throw ideas around at the same time and when it's not going to work and some of that happens over time i mean we're obviously much more focused and efficient together now than we were six or seven years ago Um, but we've always liked it we we both always wanted it that way
0: yeah i love it i love it and yeah, there, I think my wife and I, I think we'll practice again. There's sometimes when she's like seriously gets home from a day at work and she has she's a hospice social worker and it's really stressful sometimes. And she's just like, man, you just get to sit at home all day and like talk on the computer. like, you're so lucky. Like, maybe I should just quit my job and like work for you. And we've actually like considered how that would actually work. But I also feel like she, it's good that she has another job that's like a completely different thing, not putting all our eggs in one basket. So what, do you guys ever get like nervous or scared or has there ever been a point where it was hard, uh, where you guys were like, is this really gonna work out? Like we're doing this together, but what's like the backup plan?
1: Well, from a business, I'll give you two perspectives. About
0: that. About that. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: for example, when we started the magazine, Especially at the beginning, there were times that it would be like five days before print time and we didn't know how we were going to be able to make it. And then all of a sudden we would get that phone call and that person say, hey, I want to put a six month ad and I want to pay up front. We're like, oh, (laughs) yeah. So it's, it's also that we've also learned how to deal and manage with stress. Well, not even just stress with uncertainty, With uncertainty to be an entrepreneur.
2: You have to be able to tolerate uncertainty. It goes with the territory. It does get easier, but you have to be you have to be willing.
1: And then you also have to be willing to take action when there's uncertainty and look for creative ways to make it happen, because for us, even if we lost everything tomorrow, I know we'd be fine because we would recreate it in something else. Because it's not about just one thing. It's about just learning that how business works in general and learning that we are willing to put the work to learn and make it happen. For example, when we started online courses, first we said how we had a couple courses and then got distracted. But I got sick after going to Costa Rica together, for example. And after three weeks of being back, I was like my body started shutting down and it was horrible, you know, to the point that I lost all my muscle mass. I lost 30 pounds. I was barely able to walk. I was in bed rest for almost a year. We had to sell our furniture. We had to sell everything to pay medical and all the other stuff. And uh, as I started getting better, this is the blessing of online courses. As I started getting better, I'd only had like five or 10 minutes of energy per day that I can rededicate. So I would sit in front of the camera and record part of a course that I was writing down. And that's when we decided to really focus on online courses. And it is, you had asked before, is it your primary? Yeah, it is our primary income at this time.
2: Yeah, it is now.
1: But I think it's also just trusting yourself and that you're willing to learn whatever it takes to make it successful. Yeah. So, you know, I think as an entrepreneur, you always have that little uh, part of your brain that tells you you need to keep working. Because if you don't, what happens if something like falls off the cliff, you know? So it's also learning that balance. That it's okay to step back and have some time to yourself, go to the beach, relax and do those things because it is going to make you more productive. And that's one thing that we have to learn uh, as we develop our business is that not that need to just create just in case, you know, yeah. the, the floor drops out. Well,
2: and actually to answer your question about um, needing that multiple sources of income or what do you do when something doesn't happen? Well, when, when he was sick, um, we had actually already gone through a couple transitions. Uh, for instance, we closed the print edition of our magazine because our online version was doing as so well and the print one was really just a time and money suck. And eventually we figured that out and were willing to let it go. Um, and so we had done that right before he got sick. And so we had already kind of started to transition certain things. But then what happened is when he got sick, he just kept getting worse. And it got to the point where I couldn't work. Like I, I couldn't go out and do any in-person events. I couldn't... Uh, keep some of the things we had going on going. And in a way, it ended up being a blessing. Because there were more things that it was time to let go of that I was forced to let go of. But it was also really scary because even though um, I am a graphic designer, so I, you know, t- take on side jobs and um, I kept developing some of our materials, but I was limited with what I could do and I couldn't leave the house. And so had we not had that digital magazine with the residual income then we wouldn't have been able to make it through. And so it was a big lesson for us that the residual income is the primary objective. Now, of course, you don't want it to all come from one source. So diversifying your income is absolutely important. And so that's that's what we do now. We have the magazine. um, Now we do have a large portion of our business focused on the online courses. But we also have several other things we do. We still do events. We're getting back out into speaking more again because, again, while he was sick for a while, we we couldn't do that. So we took a little bit of a break from that. Uh, But it was great because it gave us an opportunity where we had nothing else we could do. And so what we did was, it's like, okay, well, that workshop we wanted to do, let's record it instead. Or the speech that we would have done, let's elaborate on the content and turn it into something that we can give somebody to work on. So it gave us the time and the focus to be able to take all this knowledge and information and content we've created over the years and convert them into courses. And so then, um, you know, a year later after, you know, he's feeling better than now we're sitting on over 30 courses that we've created, which never would have happened had that experience not kind of, you know, kicked us in the butt and given us the opportunity to do it.
0: Yeah, well, it sounds like you've really learned the magic of online courses. And that was one thing that I was just talking to Isabel, my wife, about I was, she was like complaining about her job, about how she doesn't make as much money as me. And I was like, well, the thing is, is that you, the hours that I spent working like five years ago are still paying me and the hour that you spent 5 years ago is not paying you bye bye <laughs> yeah so other than just the having that experience but literally the hours that i've we've both all of us have been spending with our online courses or it doesn't have to be online courses but digital products that we can sell um they keep paying us and that's that's the beauty of it and and that's great that that well it's unfortunate that you got sick but it kind of turned into something pretty good so that's that's good
1: you know what's crazy is that you never know the seeds that you plant when you teach like online courses for example because uh and you do because we get students all the time like i'm sure you do Students that give you feedback and things like that but for example just from my perspective when i was sick i was taking your course you know and learning how to like improve this craft of online teaching for myself you know so it's it's Almost like recognizing how transformational it can be, because obviously what I've learned from you also helped me improve myself, and and I pay it forward by teaching the things that I know that help other people improve. You know what's awesome about it? We get people from all over the world saying, "Oh, I'm implementing this in my community and things like that." So, you know, there's so much blessings out of online teaching. So.
0: Yeah, yeah. So what? Now that that's exciting. That online courses are you know the the biggest earner for you guys. What? What's a typical day like now uh, with coming up with new courses or working on your courses? What's the, what's the glamorous side? But also, people might, who aren't in this might think of it as all glamorous, but there's also some times where it's just, you know, we're in the trenches, just working, bored out of our mind. Yeah. What's, what's a typical day like for both of you?
1: Well, it varies quite a bit. Uh, But what we do have steadily is that every morning we wake up, eat breakfast, and go for a walk on the beach. Uh, And then we discuss what our day is going to be like. That sounds (laughs) like the life. (laughs) (laughs) It's horrible. (laughs) But again, people listening out there, uh, they have to realize that we're on the other side, like looking at this and saying this is what we want.
2: Yeah, we're literally on the other side uh, of like the waterway.
1: Saying like one day, one day, you know, it's like so online courses and, and digital product is such a big blessing. But anyway, so we walk around the beach and we do a lot of our talking and brainstorming for the day just to kind of refocus on what we're going to be working on. Because actually walking, statistics show that it increases your creativity, by it almost doubles your creativity, just the act of walking because it stimulates certain parts of your brain. So we do that and then we come back and answer emails and all the other stuff. And then we take about three walks a day. Other than that, it varies what we're working on. If we're on full production mode, you know, we can work for 12 hours, 14 hours, because we get so immersed in it. You know, and, and and we're it's like obsessive. Like when, we're,
2: when we're in it, we're in it. But that's what a lot of people don't don't know, again, how we do it, because our, our students, it's like, how do you put out two courses every month? Mm-hmm. Um, we can do a, a course in a week, and sometimes it takes a week and a half. Like, that's how fast we are, but – um, we've gotten the process down and, and we're just so highly focused that once we're once we're working on a course, like nothing out exists. So we try to work around. You know, we have certain times that magazine production comes up and there's other things that work out throughout the month. But when we're focused on the course, we, we focus on it 100 percent and. Um, so yeah, we share we share the load you know I'll, he'll be recording while I'm working on materials and then he'll like, be editing while I'm recording and then uh, we just kind of trade back and forth who's doing the recording at this point and who's and um so that that time is well spent and efficient
0: yeah that I mean that's the beauty of working with someone else uh, full time basically is you can work on the same thing and that's something I've started to kind of do by outsourcing or hiring other people to help me edit my courses or just doing other tasks but yeah once you're focused and I know that how that is once you're focused you can spend a yeah 14 hours working on something but it's harder for me too because my wife's not into it so when she comes home from work it's like okay now it's our time and she's like she wouldn't want to like be with me like working (laughs) until midnight on a course so that's like Pretty cool that you guys can do that together. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it is a unique schedule, but what we do is um, we do the opposite, too, where once we're done a course, we take a few days and we disappear and we just disconnect completely. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, one way is not any better than the other. If we had you know four to eight hours a day to focus on it and then we um, dealt with the rest of life and spent time together in the off times, which actually we, we do have weeks that are like that, um, so it, it all kind of evens out. We just tend to be feast or famine. That's right. that's the schedule that, mm-hmm. that we tend to do.
1: Yeah. And what we do is that when we launch a new course, we'll actually launch it on our way to where we're going to get away from the house and, you know, we go on a vacation. And that way we can also celebrate yeah. in that process of watching uh, what's happening, for the launch and things like that. But And then recover from our yeah.
0: – <laughs> Yeah, I love that. I mean, it's it's always scary launching a new course, but um it's kind of exciting. And and you're probably at a point where now like when you create a new course, you know it's going to make some sales. And that that was just me this past weekend actually. I I don't go to Vegas. I'm not like a big partyer, but I I did go to Vegas with some friends this past weekend and I just launched a course last week and it was like nice to just be done with the course and now I'm kind of like okay I don't know what I'm going to do right next I don't have another course lined up but it was a good uh, just break to get away from from everything and celebrate the launch of the course and everything are you enjoying this episode we hope you're learning to become a better course creator if you want to fast track your success get the free seven step guide to success at onlinecoursemasters.com now let's get back to the show so you've done a lot of courses, you've got all your stuff going on. Do you know what the, using the 80-20 rule, do you know what, what's like the thing that you do most that brings back the, the most revenue? Like what, is it courses? Is and inside of a course? What type of course or what type of promotion? What, what are you doing to be most successful?
1: Well, the bigger courses, the, the guides, like the complete courses, I would say, because we have smaller courses that are an hour long and a half, two hours long and stuff that are smaller courses, which are great to create different revenue streams and different markets come and you know, they're they're easy easy to make faster. We can make in three or four days, you know, but the bigger courses that take longer time that people say, well, this is a complete course. That's really the 20%. Uh, and for us, most of it does come from coaching.
2: Yeah, that's also another part of it because the focusing on the, I mean, our six, eight-hour courses, those are the ones that not only do more people buy, but they take more of the course. We have a ridiculous completion rate, but it's because they know that they're really learning something. It's not just a quick tip. Like, again, the difference between motivation and empowerment Motivation is something temporary and empowerment gives you the tools long term. So we're very focused on tools. That's what people seem to like, but that the niche of working with life coaches, but then also, you know, info, newer small business people, people who are highly motivated to control their own destiny. That is our niche. And, and it always kind of has been um, in all of the businesses that we've done but through the courses and being able to experiment with different topics and different strategies, we've really been able to figure out exactly who our niche is. And I think that that's huge. It doesn't matter what niche you're in, you need to know your sub-niche. So there's a lot of people, for instance, on U- Udemy that are focused on technology, that are teaching different skills, um, which is completely different than what we do. We're in the personal development field, but within personal development, it took us some time to really determine where that sweet spot is. And so I think that that's if you can figure out who you're working with and then give them really good, extensive content. That's kind of the the secret sauce, at least from our perspective.
1: And also one thing I want to point out is that most people say, well, it has to be a niche that's established really the life coaching niche in Udemy. For the most part, if you look at the courses there, our courses are the most part for the first page. Because we've kind of established that niche, So yeah, There really wasn't. There wasn't really there was a life coaching maybe niche. Maybe two or
2: three uh, courses out there.
1: Another part of the twenty percent rule that I would say is that we we've learned not to focus on. For example, a lot of people say, "Well, I'm going to spend my time on Facebook to try to promote and put a lot of posts and things like that." Focus on connecting with companies, for example, that already have a following. Connecting with people that have a following, uh, which. As far as marketing, we've found it to be more successful, not even with coaching, but even with the magazine or or conferences and stuff, bringing people that already had a following. So focusing our energy and connecting with individuals and organizations that will promote our brand and what we're trying to do. That's part of our 20 percent rule.
2: Yeah. And actually, right now, we're in that transition point where we've built this part of our business enough that we've started doing more collaborations um, working with other instructors, doing more joint ventures, working with affiliates that specialize in this sort of product, um, learning those, t- using those lessons we learned from our other businesses about, you know, joint ventures and who to work with and making sure you're working with people who already have access to who you need access to, and applying that to this. So we that's kind of where we're at right now is we're taking it to that that next level of reaching out um, and doing more joint ventures.
0: Neat, neat, neat. And so for when you were just getting started out trying to reach out to other people who might have a bigger following, like what did that actually look like? Were you having people do like guest posts or write for your magazine or post your courses on their website? Like what what were they actually doing to, to help you grow?
1: Well, for the most part, for example, if we talk about like speaking and conferences and things like that, let's go from there and I'll go to the Uh, A lot of times what we did was that we reached out to individuals that had a following, we're promoting them, you know, by putting them in the magazine. So for them, it's like, yeah, you know, promote us, do that, you know, and, and help us out. So it's almost like a collaborative process, but it's helping people see the vision of what you're trying to create. And we were surprised, for example, uh, we wanted to, when we decided what we wanted to do when when we grew up, we said we want to be kind of like K-House, which is a publishing house, and they have a lot of speakers and stuff. And there's Not that long from there, we started working with them, not knowingly, but it's that a lot of people have fear of reaching out to people and saying, you know, not just, well, how can you help me? But more like, how can I help you? You know, what are some of the needs, whether it's promoting you and stuff like that. But obviously, the online courses, we took some time to build that initially. Uh, And when I talk about going to places that people are at, you know, for example, I went to a lot of forums, a lot of uh, niche websites and different things that are already out there that would be people already looking for that information. So instead of just going on Facebook and trying to put posts on Twitter and trying to get followers, go where they're at and say, Hey, you know, answer questions, develop across the community. So when I launch courses, people be like, Oh yeah, Joel, he's legit. You know? So, uh, so kind of from that perspective and as we grow, it's also then now showing people the vision of being an infopreneur and saying, we've done this now. So do you want to partner with us? You have a, physical following or social following, but you haven't dove into this, how can we help and partner bringing that aspect of your business into online and bring your following online as well?
0: Got it. Nice, nice. So you have your courses on Udemy, but you also have them on your own platform with Thinkific. What, are you putting your courses on any other platforms right now?
1: Uh, we have them on Skillshare. We have an app. We've just partnered uh, – With an app, we have it in uh, skill success. Mm Of course. Of
0: course. All the kind of all the bit the ones that I, <laughs> I have my courses on too
1: how yeah, are we've
2: you we have tried several but um these are the ones that have stuck
1: and so. actually some of the ideas that I get is like when you put out the information of how much you've made for that month and you break it down sometimes I'm like oh I haven't heard of that one yet so let me <laughs> get some information so I appreciate that exactly. <laughs> actually like of course I found out because of you
0: yeah you know? yeah
1: not, not, so it's uh and and the more courses you have, the more people reach out to you to become affiliate or promote your product and stuff like that. So uh, I think at the end of the day, it was just focusing on what we love and then focusing on learning the craft. And then the other part just kind of developed in itself once we had a good foundation as well.
0: Yeah. And so, how do you balance it specifically with Udemy and your courses, which are powered by Thinkific right now? What's your promotion strategy for the courses? Are you promoting Udemy courses? driving traffic there or to your own courses or or what are you doing?
2: They're two completely separate marketing strategies and we also keep the students completely separate for obvious reasons whereas uh, Udemy tends to be known as a discount site and when we're selling through our own platform, our pricing strategy is different. We tend to sell uh, full price or we do promotions, but not as heavily discounted. Um, so it doesn't benefit us to do, to promote both at the same time. Um, so we, we have different strategies for both. We're actually with our, um, our own platform through Thinkific. Uh, we built it just a few months ago. And so we're in that mode of experimenting with different, uh, strategies and really trying to find our numbers, um, you know, and so we're developing funnels and sales pages and trying those out and doing joint ventures and, you know, experimenting with Facebook and Google marketing just to try to find those sweet spots in which courses bring people in. So we're still in that, you know, experimental phase with our own platform. Um, and it's definitely working. It is a lot of growth potential there. So that's one of the big things that we're focusing on is how to um Make that bigger than it was because we already had somewhat of a following in our own private lists before. Um, so we've been marketing our own courses to them all along, but um, we keep them separate than the from the marketing that we do to bring traffic to you to me.
1: And one thing I'll say too is that, like for you to me, all those students came from scratch. It didn't come from what we already had with all the other stuff. So. Uh, I didn't want people to think that oh it's because you already had a magazine you were because one of the mistakes that we made when we had the magazine we had so many different things going on that we weren't really capturing emails and stuff like backtracking and thinking is like oh if we would have been doing that the whole time you know would have made a huge difference but uh, we weren't thinking straight at that point I guess but um, so again it is totally different strategies most of the promotions that we do outside are strictly to our website we don't really promote anything from me. Uh, initially, we did uh, just creating that foundation. Of, but not to our
2: own list. But not to our we own did promotions list. Promotions through other venues, but not to our own private list. Mm-hmm. We've actually never invited on public Facebook or in our private email list to Udemy again because we knew from the beginning that it's something we would need to keep separate.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that's actually pretty smart for starting out. So this is interesting because you're, yeah, in that kind of beginning phase of, promoting your courses on your own site. I saw you have like a membership package. Is there anything that even in your short time doing this that you've seen work, a specific funnel, a specific promotion tactic, or a specific price or anything like that?
2: Well, one thing that um, does work better than just having our nice pretty thankific site is using sales pages. Because they're more focused, you can focus on one course at a time or one genre uh, gives you a lot more space to be able to truly promote it. That's what a sales page is for. Whereas if you just send them directly to your page where you have all your courses, there's too many options, too many things to click on. Um, So that definitely works. Um, For instance, with the membership, one of the things we do is they go to the sales page. If they end up leaving at some point, the pop-up exit page can promote membership so if they might be looking at say for instance our master coach certification program which includes like seven courses um it's like eight hundred dollars and so for some people that's a price point that's a turnoff but then when it pops up and says that we have a membership for 97 dollars a month and it includes all of those courses plus all of our other courses they might look at it as oh i can afford a hundred dollars a month so it's just we want to give people options for different ways and if somebody's really slick and they can finish them all in a month and Cancel their membership. That's on them. Like we don't restrict them from doing that. You know, it's on the honor system. But also, you know, if somebody's that motivated, more power to them. We we want to make ourselves available um, to anyone, which is part of the reason why we love Udemy is because you know we have people taking our courses from remote villages all over the world that um, when they can get a sale on Udemy, it makes them able to afford it. And we would never want to take that away from them. So we, we, we're we comfortable selling the same thing on both places and um, recognizing their different markets
1: and that that's okay. And one thing that I found uh, with our personal side is that if we compare it to where Udemy was when we first started on Udemy, it's moving faster than what Udemy was. So, you know, we are getting sales. We are getting people that come uh, consistently every day, whether they're – Translate or not, you know, um, we're starting to do more of the YouTube, you know, putting videos on YouTube and things like that. And we are getting traffic from YouTube. Uh, We do have affiliates. um, And the good thing about like starting on Udemy is that we have social proof. So a lot of the affiliates would say, you know, and the reality is that there are different markets. You know, we have a lot of of people that we learn from uh, that have created a million dollar, two million dollar business of just Facebook ads and pushing people. Uh, towards a a sales funnel, which is a webinar and stuff like that. So we know webinars do work for high-end products because our friends sell them for $2,000. So it's just having the strategy. So we've kind of learned some of the techniques and some of the strategies that we're implementing now. We used to do more teleseminars and stuff, uh, but now we're incorporating webinars, which we should be launching in the next 30 days. It's
2: actually interesting now that I think about it, that when you and me came on the scene and we started toying with that it was so far outside of the framework that we thought about when we thought about digital products and mm-hmm. online courses and webinars and that whole structure. Because we, for years, we've been studying, doing it a certain way. And then Udemy comes around and, you know, we were skeptical, like a lot of instructors are like, here I have this $300 course and Udemy is going to do a sale and, you know, I'm going to get a fraction of that. So how do I feel about that? And so you know, we thought the same thing everyone else does. Um, but what we found is that it's a beautiful thing to be able to do both, and that's why we're excited about what we're doing on our own platform. Is we can use the more traditional model, um, we can really show the high value of what we have to offer. But we also have this other avenue through a place like Udemy, um, and it just works completely different. And that both both strategies work very yeah. well, and so it's just it's just interesting how different because we just never would have thought that the Udemy will work and it does. And they're very successful. It's It's all these other platforms are trying to mimic them with little success. So we're glad to have found it for sure.
0: Yeah, and I think that's one of the biggest worries I hear from instructors now is how do they recognize selling on Udemy and on their own platform at different prices, but I think what you've learned and I know is that the world is just so big that you can have an audience that's on your own platform that never even even knows about Udemy and um, I'm sure that you're giving a bit more support or you can give more support on your own site versus Udemy so that's an extra bonus that people can get uh, for paying a higher price but for people listening yeah I've I've been doing this for for five six years now and I have my courses on all kinds of different platforms and I've maybe received one or two people not even complaining but just like saying hey why is your course on Udemy and your own platform for a different price? And that's out of pr- literally hundreds of thousands of people taking courses. So that's something I wouldn't worry about. Um, so in the next couple of years, what what are your goals? What are your plans? Uh, you've got a lot going on right now, but where what are your hopes and dreams and where do you see your business in the next few years?
2: Well, we're really looking to scale what we're doing now. And so there's several ways that we're going to do that. Obviously, uh, once we really perfect our numbers, then marketing, once you have a strategy that works, you just put more money in on the marketing side and you get more clients on the other side. So we're looking forward to getting to that place, but we're also looking at doing a lot more collaboration. For instance, um, we're going to be offering online course publishing services um, which then gives us the opportunity to bring more people into this world of online courses. And in some of those cases, we'll actually promote the course for them, or we might collaborate on a course that they're an expert that they can add to what we offer. So we're then you know, promoting them to our people. So that's one of the ways that we're gonna expand it. But then there's also a lot more that we can do with the markets we already work with. For instance, um, for our life coaches, we've started to getting a lot of people asking Um, can they train other life coaches and so that's something that we're working on this year is create a a train the trainer program which then we would have people out there being able to you know represent our brand and speak on our behalf and we provide them the training for how to do that and give them the legal permission to do that Um, so that's one thing we're working on and then um, obviously we're going to keep doing what we're doing we know that our large amount of content works to our benefit. Every new course you add, you also draw in new students, so we'll continue to create one or two courses a a month. Um, Some of those might end up being replaced by collaborative courses um, that we've already actually got two that we're working on now with uh, guest instructors. And so we'd like to do more of that, and um, we do have people who help us out, contractors here and there, um, but we definitely see that probably by the end of the year we'll be needing more more staff because we're not um a lot of people do courses just to do the courses but because we have multiple things um we're also converting our our magazine it's called transformation magazine but we're um officially making it transformation coaching magazine so it's going to have more of a coaching focus to fit the market we have so we can kind of bring our two markets together um so there's a lot of changes um and then, really, we just look at that right now. We can't even see what's coming. I think there's more opportunity around the corner that we just don't even know about yet.
1: Well, another thing that we're working on this year is that we're taking our courses and then we're creating books out of them physical books, ebooks, audiobooks, because those are completely different markets. You know, the person that, for example, I probably read. Two or three books or four books a month but those are all audiobooks because i don't actually read because i spend most of my time reading the research for my courses so i don't want to read another but so we're converting that so we can then diversify our products into multiple products and have different markets that way as well um and again like you said collaboration you know for example when we launched our books you know we had 50 different authors and some of the books that we had. So those fifty op- authors then promoted to their list, and then you know obviously that grew our list, and we grew exponentially that way. So the same thing goes with some of our courses that we're doing. It's looking in the future now: how can we partner with different people and help them grow, and uh, them help us grow at the same time? So we're we're not big on competition. We don't believe competition exists uh, because realistically, what happens is that we all have a different voice that people resonate with. And as we work with different people, we actually help each other grow. And we bring different people that weren't even conscious that the market was there to have interest in that market. So, uh, so again, going back to doing more collaboration and things like that. And and for the most part, just being open to how things transform. I think the online world is transforming so quickly. Um, so it's just keep learning and then just keep diversifying and having different revenue streams and
2: and one of our biggest motivations to continue to grow is the same motivation that we said when we're coaches, like how can we reach more people, and that that our message of you have a choice, you know, self empowerment, learn your way to success, study success, that um, the. Biggest thing that draws us is not only that we can reach more people through all of this material that we create, but then more than anything, empowering other people to do the same. And so, you know, finding people around us or people that are attending events that we're at or through online courses that they have something of value to share. They have a skill that they can teach others and encouraging them to become infopreneurs and create online courses or write a book and to put their... information that's in their mind down on the paper and we're very passionate about that because it's transformed our life but also it gives you know people a way out of the rat race it puts their career into their own hands and um that's something we really really believe in and we see it as something that is going to become more and more important going forward with all the changes that are happening in the world and in the economy um and that it's really it's an empowering place for us all to be that now we have all of this at our fingertips. So it makes it so easy to do an online course. I mean, some people look at it and think that's absurd, it's not easy, but it actually is, if you compare it to how much it would have taken 15 years ago oh, yeah. to do what we're all doing now. Like, it was, it's ridiculous like how easy it is now and um, that that's something that we like to, to spread the word about and share with others as well.
0: I love it. Well, it seems like you guys are gonna be really busy over the next couple years and beyond, and I'm excited to keep following you. So bringing it back to people who are listening to this and they are just getting started, what advice do you have for them to um, not only just motivate, but to empower them to, to do this and to do it and keep doing it um, until they have success?
1: Well, the one thing I would say is that for anything, it's almost like you have a child, right? That starts learning how to walk, and they fall. After they tried several times, you don't just say, "Okay, well, you tried, good try." You just stop give trying it. now. You know, <laughs> give up. Give it up. So I think it's the same thing with your dreams. Is that if you have a vision or a dream, is finding other people that are doing the same thing that you want to do, and then learning your craft. You know, really taking the time to learn what they're doing to be successful. Don't try to reinvent the wheel. People are doing this. We know people from all types. We know someone. Who's doing uh, aromatherapy, making two million dollars a year for online courses? So it's not like not just technical courses, not just business courses. You can bake bread and make money showing people how to bake bread. You know, there's someone on Udemy very successful doing that. So it's learning what other people are doing and willing to take the time to learn what works and implementing it and just chipping away at it. And just think about it from like a real estate perspective. You know, you want to invest in a house, you can spend 20 grand to put down and you can do all these different things, but you can create, for example, information product. And only if you get $100 a month or $50 a month, how many of those would you have to create to make six figures, for example, for you? And then work the numbers and realize that it's exponential growth. Because if you make $100 a month of your first course, you know, that $100 a month in One year of having like one course a month or two courses a month, it's going to start growing much, much faster that that one course might be able to produce a thousand dollars a month in a year or two to grow your list. So it's keeping that perspective in mind that it's it's all a numbers game. It's all a matter of learning and just putting information out there and that it's possible for anyone, anyone to do what we're doing and what you're doing. It doesn't make us any smarter. It doesn't make us more talented. It just, we are willing to take the risk and we're willing to learn whatever we need to learn to make it successful.
2: And I have one last piece of advice that I know that this is huge. Um, and that is don't wait for it to be perfect. Mm. That is the biggest thing that holds people back. I'm not gonna be good enough. My I don't have a professional camera. My lighting's not perfect. Uh, what if I mess up my words? Doesn't matter, doesn't matter, doesn't matter. If you look at our oldest courses, they're humiliating at this yeah. point because we've come so far. But we've come so far. And, <laughs> and, but it, um, what we love is a quote by one of the co-founders of LinkedIn who says, if you aren't embarrassed by the first version of your product, then you waited too long. And that you have to just do it with what you've got. We started out with a regular point-and-shoot camera that was able to do video, and we used An iPhone's recording app and our headphones that had the little mic in it to record our audio. And we bought lights at Home Depot and we just started doing it. And I think that apprehension and resistance and expecting things to be perfect before you move forward is the only thing that can really get in anybody's way. Because if you just do it, even if you do it horribly, it's going to produce something for you. And then Like you said, learn and improve and get better and keep doing it. But you have to at least start.
0: I love it all. I love it all. And I I especially love what you said about anybody can do this. And that's something that I truly believe not everyone's going to be able to do it because not everyone has the motivation or is going to let go of being perfect. But any one person I think listening can do this. Uh, It's something that I was actually just today looking at a Facebook feed that rubbed me the wrong way because... There were some online teachers complaining about how many people were getting into this. And I was just like thinking, you know what? Why are you worried about the competition? That's all you're doing is being afraid of other people who are going to be better than you. But I think people like you have shared your knowledge. I thank you for being on the show because uh, hopefully it's inspired a lot of people. And how can people find you? Uh, where is the best place if they want to find out more information and follow your guys' journey?
2: Um, The easiest place, we have a bunch of websites, but the one that's most directly related to this is um, transformation-academy.com. And that's where all of our courses are. It also has links to our publishing company and our speaking website. So you can find everything out about us there. And of course, you can look on Udemy as well.
0: Awesome. Well, I'll link to that in the show notes. Uh, So thank you so much for being on the show. And I can't wait to see what the future brings you to.
1: Well, thank you thank you for having us. And thank you again for everything that you do and for also being an inspiration to us for us to be where we're at today. So thank you for planting that seed. We really appreciate it.
0: Thanks, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Remember, there's no better way to learn how to create and sell online courses than heading over to onlinecoursemasters.com and downloading your free seven-step guide to success. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the show wherever you listen and make sure to leave a rating. If you do, I might even read it on a future show. Help us reach our first 100 ratings. It'll just take one extra minute of your time. Thanks, have a beautiful day, and we'll see you next week on the next episode.